greatest cleansing power in the precious blood. Yes, there's power in the blood of Lamb. We are trying hard to get the message through this land. There's still power in the blood of Lamb. I'm so glad that in God's plan He offers sinful man Cleansing power in the blood of life There is blood God makes the vilest sinner clean And it's all through the blood of Lamb. Though throughout the ages men have been redeemed, there's still power in the blood of Lamb. There is power in the blood with this precious blood man's soul That in God's plan He offers sinful man Cleansing power in the blood of Lamb There is power in the blood Where this precious blood man's soul Can be set free I'm so glad that in God's plan
there are millions in this world they are craving the pleasures earthly things afford but none can match that wondrous treasure some verses from the Word of God tonight on the book of Isaiah and the chapter 55, the 55th chapter of the book of Isaiah. And we thank God for his goodness to us. I was just, this evening I received one of the local papers uh, that is in our area and uh, they came to do an interview uh, because of the end of 50 years of ministering God's Word. And the reason why I draw it to your attention, just you pray that God will bless the article, two full pages Two field pages, just absolutely, of an interview, and really it was nothing else, only the gospel. And it's absolutely amazing that a paper today, a newspaper, not paying a penny for it, would have two full pages, uh, and that uh, it is the Middlestar Courier, and it's absolutely amazing what the Lord has done in that. Of course, what is amazing is this, the person that interviewed me two years ago, I led him to Christ. And so, therefore, it's a wonderful how God just works all these things out for the honor, the honor and the glory of his name. Isaiah chapter 55, let's commence reading. And we read the first nine verses of this passage of God's word. And follow the reading of God's word and then keep the Bible open. Ho, every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Ye come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat and ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee, because the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thought, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And we know that God will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word for his name's sake. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy precious word tonight. And I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that thou will take that written word and this read word tonight, and Lord, this preached word, and apply it to the hearts of those that are gathered here. Thou knowest every individual heart. Thou knowest their standing before thee. Thou knowest their condition before thee. And Father, as our faces differ, so do our needs. But we thank thee, our God, there's not a need in our heart that thou art not the answer to. And we know that thy word says, my God shall supply all your need. And so bless us and do us good, we pray, and cover me in the blood. Fill me with thy Holy Spirit, Amen. that as I speak to us tonight, that only Christ will be glorified and uplifted. For I pray in Jesus' precious name, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Now this 55th chapter of the book of Isaiah, it opens with a tremendous, glorious gospel invitation. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat ye, come, buy wine and milk without money, and without price. And those opening words, indeed, it's the language of infinite mercy, and the freeness of divine love, instead of driving us from his presence. Notice the invitation, come, come. Twice it is emphasized here. It's not go away. But he invites those that are loaded by their sin to come to him, to come to him. He says, come, ho, everyone that thirsteth. In other words, every one, every last one, every one that thirsteth. Of course, to come, you've got to acknowledge your thirst. You've got to acknowledge your need before the Lord. And thank God, he supplies the need. If you're thirsty tonight, thank God there's a well of water that you can drink from. That well of water of life eternal. The Lord Jesus said in the uh, fourth chapter of the book of John's gospel, he was saying this indeed to, uh, to those in verses 13 and 14, or to the woman, he said this, uh, whosoever drinketh of this water 
shall thirst again. And men and women have drunk and been drinking at the waters of the world, and they've been thirsting again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Thank God you'll never thirst again if you drink of the water that the Lord Jesus Christ will give you. And he said, not only is there the water of life, but praise God, there's a wine of joy. And thank God there's the milk of satisfaction and of sustenance and of growth. And you know, the Bible says, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, it's free. My friend, we live in a world that my everything, the world has a price on everything. But God's great salvation, praise God, is free. It's the free gift of God. Spurgeon said eternal life is the pure gift of, heavenly chari- of heaven's charity. You know, it costs you nothing, but it costs Christ everything. Because there in the cross of Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died that you might have eternal life, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we could go into these verses, verse after verse, but the Lord has directed me to two verses mainly, verses 6 and 7. And I want to think about those verses tonight and three simple thoughts that I want you to get tonight before the meeting's over. It says there in verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And there are three things I want you to catch from these two verses tonight. First of all, there is an acknowledged repentance here. We find there in verse number seven, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And then secondly, I want us to gather the assured reconciliation because it says, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And then finally, we'll see the appointed restraint in verse number six. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. So those are the three simple thoughts I want us to consider tonight before the meeting draws to a close. First of all, the acknowledged repentance here. The Lord is talking about man's sin and man's salvation. Now, the Bible tells us in verse number six that we're to seek. We're to seek the Lord, and we are to call upon him. Now, left to ourselves, no man seeks after God. That's true. But thank God for the working and the drawing power of the Spirit of God. And thank God tonight, men and women can seek the Lord tonight because the Word of God says that he may be found. Thank God he will be found if you seek him. And may the Lord indeed give you that gift of faith tonight to come by simple faith and seek the Lord and then call upon him. But I want you to notice in the seeking and the calling upon him, there is a command which involves repentance. Because God tells us in verse number seven, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man 
He must forsake his thoughts. You see, there's man's way and there's man's thoughts. But you know, if you go down to verse number eight, it says this, my thoughts, this is God's thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And your ways are not my ways. So when we have here two opposites, we have man's way and we have man's thoughts, and we have the contrast of God's way and God's thoughts. And God says, your ways are not my ways. And your thoughts are not my thoughts. But God says, the man who is unconverted, the person who's unsaved, let the wicked forsake his way. You've got to leave your way. And the unrighteous man has got to forsake or turn away from his thoughts. And thank God, God's ways and God's thoughts are perfect. You see, what God's saying here is this. And I want you to catch this. The way man thinks about his sin is not the way that God thinks about man's sin. You see, man's ideas and man's thoughts and man's ways of salvation are quite different from God's way of salvation. And I want us to notice that tonight because there's a great comparison here. There's a great comparison to be what man thinks about sin. And God says, your thinking and your thoughts are not mine. And there's man's thoughts about his sin. And then there's man's way of salvation. God says, listen, that way's not mine. What God is saying here is this. There is a difference between, a vast difference between man's thoughts about his sin and man's way of salvation and God's way and God's thoughts about our sin and salvation. You see, the word of God says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man's thought. Now, there we have what God thinks about our sin because God gives us, categorizes us here with two words. He says, let the wicked. That's what God thinks about, about man's heart. He says, let the wicked forsake his way. And the word wicked means guilty of crime or guilty of sin or hostile to God. His wicked way, his evil way, his wicked course of life. That which is his own way. That which is his own choosing. And God says it is a, a, a wicked way. It is a wicked way. And the tragedy is this. That to man, it's dear to him. He loves his sin. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, I tell you, you're not saved because you love your sin. You do not love the Lord. You love your sin. You love the, your thoughts and you love the pleasures of sin. As we talked last night, the pleasures of sin, which are for a season. Moses acknowledged that, but there are pleasures in sin. Make no, about, no mistake about it. Man will enjoy his sin and he loves his sin. That's why he won't let it go. That's why he embraces his sin. But he doesn't see it wicked. He doesn't, that, he doesn't think that it's wicked. And yet God says that my thoughts are not yours. God sees that way as a wicked way. Now remember what God says in his word. In Romans chapter 3, verse 22, 23, it says, For there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, friend. All have sinned. In other words, as far as God is concerned, every man is on the same level. 
Whether you're the queen on the throne, whether you're the pauper in the street, it doesn't matter who you are. Whether you're looked upon by society as up and out, or whether you're frowned upon as down and out, God says you're still out. You're outside of Christ. And we're all sinners choosing our own way. And that's why you're not saved. You're choosing your own way. Remember Adam in the garden? We come back to Adam, our firstborn. Remember Adam? Listen, Adam knew what God said. Adam knew God's way. God says, listen, the day thou eatest up, thou shalt not, and the day thou eatest up, thou shalt surely die. Now, Adam knew that. He knew what God had said. He knew what God had warned. And yet Adam chose his own way. He chose his own way. He decided to have it his way. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying to me, listen, but, but I love my sin and I want to enjoy my sin and I want to embrace my sin and I want to keep my sin. And you can do it. You can do it. But remember, friend, the wages of sin. Remember the end of sin. Because there's a price tag Upon every sin. And you and I are sinners by nature. But we're something else. We are sinners by practice. And we practice sin. And in the sight of God, it's wicked. In the sight of God, it is evil. And we are guilty of a crime which we acknowledged last night as we're looking in Psalm 51. Against thee, God, and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. We're sinning in the sight of God, friend. We're sinning brazenly in the face of God Almighty. Maybe you're saying to me tonight, but that's not me. How dare you? That's not me. That's not my heart. I haven't a wicked heart. I don't have a wicked heart. Let me ask you this, friend. Do you think you know better than God? Do you think that you know more than God knows? God says this, the heart of man, the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You can't even imagine how wicked it is. God says the heart of man is deceitful above any other thing and desperately wicked. Not only wicked, Desperately wicked. Whatever God sees in your heart, your sinful heart, it's desperately wicked in the sight of God. But to the sinner, it's all right. He doesn't see any need. I'm not a sinner. You know, many people get offended whenever the preacher tells them they're a sinner. And yet, my friend, the purpose of standing in this pulpit tonight is to preach the truth because the Word of God says it's the truth that sets you free. I'm not here to whitewash you. I'm not here to try and please you. I'm not here in a, a beauty competition for a know I would feel. But I'm here to preach the truth. Amen. And God says, Son of man, you warn them from me. And yet man's way is this. Listen, I'm all right. Proverbs chapter 14. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. And I have no doubt, dear sinner, 
that as far as your natural eyes can see and as far as you can see, you are all right. But God says you're all wrong. God says your heart is desperately wicked. Your, your heart is so desperately wicked, you could not imagine how desperately wicked the sinner's heart is. And remember, that's where God got me to. That's where God found me. In the wickedness of my heart. But then, thank God, in grace one day, the Lord opened my heart. And the God revealed my sin and showed me that I was a sinner. D.L. Moody was visiting a prison that was called the Tombs. And when D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, was, was, was going there, he preached to the inmates of that prison. And then after he preached to them, he decided he would go around the different cells and talk to the prisoners individually. He went to the first prisoner and he, he says, well, friend, tell me, what brought you here? Well, the first person said, I, you know, Mr. Moody, I don't deserve to be here. I was framed. He went to the second cell and he says, well, tell me, friend, why are you here? Well, he says, Mr. Moody, I'll tell you why I'm here. I was falsely accused. He went to the third cell and he said, sir, tell me, well, why are you here? He says, Mr. Moody, I had an unfair trial. And the preacher nearly despaired because every cell he went to, the inmates, not one of them would admit their guilt that they'd ever done wrong. Everybody else, society was wrong. The authorities were wrong. They were set up. There was some excuse why they were there. And then he came to a cell and he saw a man that had been at the meeting and as he walked into the cell, he saw the man with his face buried in his hands. And the preacher sat down beside him and he said, tell me, sir, why are you here? And he said, Mr. Moody, my sins are more than I can bear. And he started to weep. And the preacher said, friend, thank God for that. And he led him to Christ. You see, friend, you've got to see your heart as God sees it. You've got to see your heart as God views it, your ways, the direction, your habits, the path that you're on, the journey that you're traveling, the road that you're on tonight. On your way to hell, that's your way. And there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is the ways of death. It's the way to hell, friend. But Jesus says, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you're going to be saved tonight, you have got to forsake your way. You have got to see your sin as God sees it. Your sin to God is heinous. Your sin to God, friend, is awful. Your sin before God is hellish. And that sin will destroy you. 
That sin will damn you. That sin will take you to the lowest, Christless hell forevermore. God's thoughts, he says, they're not your thoughts. Maybe you look at your own life tonight and you say, you know, I'm all right, thank you. I don't need it. I remember going to visit a woman in the hospital. Her daughter rang me up. I didn't know the lady. She lived in Cookstown. And she was a Church of Ireland lady. I didn't know her, but her daughter rang me up, really troubled. She said, Mr. McRae, I want you to do something for me, and I know I shouldn't ask you, but I'm asking you anyhow. Would you visit my mother in hospital? I didn't know who she was, and, but she said, she, my mother's dying with cancer. And she's not saved. She's filled with churchianity. She can't see that she's a sinner. Mr. McRae, it would break my heart if my mother went to hell. Thank God for families that are burdened for their loved ones to see them saved. And I was about to say yes to her, and then she said to me, Mr. McRae, but don't tell her I told you to go. Now here's a woman I don't know. And I'm supposed to go and talk to her in hospital, but I'm not to say that her daughter or anybody has sent me. So why am I there? But I just prayed that God would give me wisdom. And your heart was breaking, and therefore I said, I'll do it. I went into a little two-bedroom ward in the Middlestra Hospital at that time. And of course, you have to use wisdom when you're in circumstances like these. So I didn't go to the person that I was supposed to go to. I went to the other lady that was in the other bed. She was just inside the door, and I went to her. Now, I didn't know her either, but nevertheless, I just dropped in to see them. How are you? And I sort of had, you know, just to say, well, how are you? And that was small talk. And, and uh, if God opens the opportunity, then, of course, you can get into the deep things of God. And then after I spoke a little time to her, I walked over to the lady actually I was coming for. And I sat down beside her, and she recognized me right away because I had been a member of parliament for some time, some years. And she said, Mr. McCray, it's lovely to see you. And we got into conversation. And as I got into conversation, and I talked about the Lord, let me, she said to me, you know, Mr. McCray, I couldn't live a day without him. I just, I, I, I just trust him. I, I trust him for everything. And to be honest, before God, friend, I was hitting a brick wall. I couldn't get through that wall. She was just trusting. She had religion, but she hadn't Christ. But she thought she was all right. And the more I talked to her, listen, the door seemed to be getting closed, tighter and bolted and barred. And I cried to God sitting beside that woman. I said, oh God, please help me, Lord, help me. And God's my witness. At that moment, I heard a voice. It seemed to be behind me, and the voice said this, ask her when it happened. And I looked round, but there was no one there. And the voice said again, ask her when it happened. And I said to her, you know, I'm very interested in what you have said about trusting the Lord. Tell me, tell me, when did you trust him? When did it happen? When did you come to Jesus? She said to me, what are you talking about? And friend, the door was opened. 
And I sat and I, I sat there and I talked to her and I told her how I got saved. How that God says we were sinners and that Christ is the answer for our sin and that Christ went to the cross of Calvary and there in the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for sinners just like me. And friend, at the end of that conversation, she said these words, Mr. McCray, could I get saved? I said, yes, you can. And there lying in that hospital bed, that woman steeped in churchy anity, friend, thinking she was all right. Thank God the Lord opened her heart and she got gloriously, wonderfully saved. Her daughter rang me later on that afternoon and said, well, Mr. McCray, did you get to see my mother? She said, I did. Well, she said, how did you get on? I said, well, you know, I'll just let your mother talk to you. Her daughter walked in at 7 o'clock visiting time that night and she was no sooner into the ward and sat down. She says to her, I have something to tell you. I got saved today. You see, friend, the work was done. You see, before you'll ever be saved, you've got to see that you're a sinner. You've got to see your sin as God sees it. You've got to see the way as God proclaims it. It's not my way of salvation. It's not the church's way of salvation. My friend, it's not a denomination's way of salvation. It's God's way of salvation that counts. And if you don't come God's way, you'll never be in God's heaven. You can have your way. You can take your way. take you to hell and God says let the wicked forsake his ways you see your thoughts are not right in the sight of God you say to me am I not good enough well what does God say Romans 3 there's none righteous there's none that doeth good, no, not one. So how do you get out of that? How do you get past that, friend? I'm good enough. And God says, there's none that doeth good. And remember this. God is the final say. You're going to meet God, friend. And either you come God's way, either you admit that you're a sinner before God and repent of your sin and turn from your sin, for the word of God says, let the wicked, listen, forsake his way. That's what you've got to do. And the unrighteous man Forsake his thoughts. The word forsake means to leave, to depart from, to leave behind, to abandon. You've got to forsake your way and take God's way. You see, it's not only good enough for you to admit or that you're a sinner and turn away from your sin, but you've got to turn to the Lord. You've got to turn to him. 
He's the only Savior. No one else can save your precious soul. You have to give up that direction that you're going and the old ways of thinking. Because, friend, let me tell you, if you just turn away from what I say, well, preacher, from tonight on, I'm going to turn away from my sin. Friend, that's not salvation. That's reformation. You're trying to change your own life. But the Bible says it's salvation you need. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I know there's a lot of people today and they want one foot in the world and the other in the kingdom. They want to straddle both sides of the fence. No. You've got to declare whose side you're on tonight. Remember what Joshua said. He says, choose ye this day whom you'll serve. You're either going to serve sin and pay the penalty of sin or you'll serve the Lord and thank God he'll take you to heaven. He breaks the power of cancel sin. He sets the prisoner free. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. That's the one you need tonight. You don't need the church. You don't need the sacrament. You don't need rituals. You need Christ. Christ alone. And I haven't come to carry it off tonight. And I love the free church. And our moderators here. And I know my, my brother loves this denomination too. But let me tell you, this denomination can't take you to heaven. No denomination can. But Jesus can. For Jesus says, I am the way. He says, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the great I am. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You've got to turn from your sin, friend. And you've got to turn to Christ. You've got to turn around. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I'll tell you what Carrie Duff doesn't need. It doesn't need more professions. It needs genuine possession. Men and women who are gloriously, wonderfully, eternally saved from their sin. Forsake your sin. Forsake your evil way. And turn on to the Lord. Do you remember the rich young ruler in the scriptures? And he came running down the pathway to Christ. And down that dusty pathway. And he falls to the feet of Jesus. And he looks into the face of Christ. And he said, good master. What must I do? That I may inherit eternal life. Jesus looked into that young man's heart. And he knew there was a God on his throne. The throne of his heart. It was his money. His possessions. And Jesus said, Thou shalt have no other God before me. He says, Sell all that thou have and give to the poor. You know what the Bible said? 
That young man that came running down the dusty pathway to Christ and fell on his knees before the blessed Son of God and it says Jesus loved him. And yet the Bible says, and he went away sorrowful, having great possessions. He wouldn't give up a sin. He wouldn't forsake that which was the God of his life, the barrier that was in his soul. Ah, he wanted his possessions more than anything else. For 50 years, I've walked behind many a coffin and many a hearse. And friends, let me tell you, the person in the coffin his hands empty. For you leave it all behind. Doesn't matter what you have. You let it go. Remember a loved one of mine, one dinner time at work in the city of Belfast. She was engaged to be married. And she was sitting there with her intended husband, the one she loved. She was engaged to be married to, and they were sitting at a little round table having their lunch. They worked in the civil service. They were having their lunch together, and they were just reaching their hands over the table holding hands and she looked into his face and she said to him you know I love you big lad and then he felt the grip listening and she fell over the table and she was dead in a moment of time friend She left all behind. So will you. So will you. Have you forsaken your way? You see, there's not only a call to repentance here, but there's a reconciliation here. I have good news for you. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. Thank God he takes over. He takes over. He will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Thank God for the mercy of God. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says, so far will God remove our transgression from us. He'll abundantly pardon. It's not a half-hearted part. Thank God if you're coming as a sinner to Christ. And I can tell you that God is more willing to save you than you are to call on him. You know what the Bible says? He's a God, listen, a God ready to pardon. Isn't that lovely? People say to me, but could God forgive me? Maybe God won't forgive me. Let me tell you, the word of God says, he will have mercy upon him. And the sinner that forsakes his way, thank God, God has promised, he will. It's not a might. He will 
have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon to multiply to increase greatly to exceedingly pardon to abound in forgiveness that's what God has promised remember the prodigal son prodigal son sitting out there in the far country at the old swine trough realized what a fool sin had made of him and he's perishing there with hunger he said, How many hard servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I have no doubt that as he sat there at that old pig trough, the old devil would say to him, There's no use you going home, son. Smell you. You're rotten. And look at you. You're filthy. Do you remember the day you left home? Your pocket was full. Your clothes was clean. You went away with plenty. Now your pockets are empty. And your stomach's empty. And your heart's empty. There's no use you going home, son. He says, I will arise. And then he says, And he arose. And he came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And his father ran out to meet him. And the father put his arms around him. And he kissed him again and again and again. My son. My son. Oh, the father wouldn't have you. Oh, yes, he did. The father loved him still. Maybe there's someone here tonight. And maybe you once walked with God, as I said last night, and maybe you're away from the Lord, and the old devil said to you, there's no use you coming back because God doesn't want you. You made a fool of yourself before. You made a fool of the people of God. God won't have you, and God doesn't want you. I want to tell you what Jesus says about the devil. He says he's a liar. He's the father of lies. He's a murderer from the beginning. And the devil has only one plan for you tonight. Listen to me, unconverted person. The devil has one plan, and that's to damn you in hell. And one desire he has to see you lost, to see you perish. For the heart of God is a heart of mercy. He's a God ready to pardon. But here's the last thought. Here's the appointed restraint. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Ah, call him. Call upon him while he's near. You see, the day of opportunity can pass. The harvest has passed, they cried. And the summer's ended. And we're not saved. How many harvests has God given you, friend? 
How many summers of opportunity has God presented the gospel to your heart? How many gospel missions have you sat on like this? And yet you're not saved. And the old devil says, sure, there's plenty of time. Plenty of time. Do you know what God says? Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. My brother, a lady beside him had died of cancer, a young woman. He was going to her funeral. My daughter was marrying a few days after that. It was a cold 1st of March. He said to his wife, I need a new coat because it's cold and that old coat of mine, I'm not going to the funeral with that. And So he went into the town and got a new coat and he got a new couple of new shirts and new tie for the, for the wedding. The coat for the funeral, shirt and ties for the wedding. To match the suit he had. He came home from the town. He took his meal. He went up to shave to go to the funeral. And then they heard a thud. And his daughter ran up the stairs. He was lying on the bathroom floor, already dead. He didn't go to his to the funeral friend. We went to his. The coat was never worn. I buried him Tuesday. I married my daughter on Friday. But his seat was empty. But thank God he was saved. Tell me, do you mean business with God tonight? You're going to do what God says? Let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man has thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God. For he'll abundantly pardon. Don't miss the Lord tonight. I don't care what the world has got to offer you. I don't care what the devil promises you. Remember this. The devil pays out in counterfeit money. 
He's a liar. He's a destroyer. But Jesus is the only Savior. I beg you to come down. Seek him. What he may be found. Call upon him. While he's near. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight we realize that there's not one of us know what a day may bring forth. Only one life. There is no rerun. rerun. One journey through life. And then at the last, we all must needs die. And God says, thy soul shall be required of thee. Eternity. And we're travelers to eternity tonight. Every young person and every older person in this meeting is on a journey either to heaven, to be with Christ, or on the journey to hell, forever without Christ. Forever. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed tonight, what about you? Where do you stand tonight? As God looks in your heart, as God searches your heart, the psalmist says, Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Sinner, forsake your way. Turn to Christ. He is the way to heaven. Will you come? You say, how do I come, preacher? The hymn writer put it well when she wrote the words, just as I am without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. When I asked you before God tonight, have you come to Jesus? If you haven't, I beg you in God's name, don't leave tonight without responding to God's call. Come to me, all ye that thirsty. Come to me, all ye that are heavy laden. Come to Christ. And thank God he'll save you. Backslider, he'll restore you.
O Lamb of God, in the stillness of this moment tonight, would you tell the Lord that? O Lamb of God, I come. And if you've come, then will you let us know about it? We want to rejoice in that. But friend, if you want us to lead you to Christ and point you to the Savior, we'd love to do that. Give you words of assurance from the Word of God and show you how you can be sure you're saved and dead on certain you're on the road to heaven. But don't leave without Jesus this night. Lord, bless thy word. Put the stamp of heaven's approval upon it. Spirit of God, draw. Draw men and women, young people to Christ. For Jesus' sake.